Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and joining me is the number one Suns fan in the world, Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing today? It's a great time. It's a great, great time. Um, enjoying basketball for the first time since probably I was in high school. So, uh, and that is a fact. That is literally the last time I, with the Suns were in the playoffs, and that was the last time they made it this far. Um, I've watched them since then, but I haven't enjoyed it. So this has yeah. been great. <laughs> yeah, we, we are about 20 hours removed from Ish just, you know, streaking down the street when they made the conference finals for the first time since 2010. So uh, congratulations. Um, man, it's fun. Must be fun. Must be fun. I mean, it's pretty great as a Spurs fan. I'm not too far removed to that, but you know, it doesn't look like we're going to be making anytime soon. So I'll just... <laughs> Secondhand, enjoy your uh, enthusiasm. <laughs> got to make that. You got to make that move for Carl Anthony Towns, and things will be good. Um, yeah, we need to make a lot of moves. <laughs> but anyways, we have a lot to talk about today. Um, and as far as Texas basketball goes, uh, it'll be college, Texas college basketball today. Uh, we'll we'll talk about Bryson Williams going to Texas Tech. Uh, we'll talk about uh, LSU and Kim Mulkey. You know, kind of getting one of her old players, and then we have a few, um, or probably what is this seven NBA prospect previews on the last podcast we did. I want to say eight or nine, and we'll be wrapping that up on this podcast as well. But let's start with Bryson Williams, uh, star at UTEP for for two years after mm-hmm. he went to Fresno State for two years, um, transferred to Texas Tech, and with Mark Adams over there. And Mark Adams has been really, we'll get into this later, you know, the Texas Tech kind of aspect of things, but they've been adding a lot of transfers and there was some talk about Bryson Williams going there. He visited twice and finally he committed there and I'm not, I'm really excited for him. I think he's going to do great, mm. but I'm interested to see how he kind of fits in there. They have a lot of talent there. They got that KJ Allen from, um, Last chance, you. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have Santos Silva back. They have a lot of players in the front court. How? What do you think about the move for Bryson Williams? Yeah, it's interesting because you think you look on paper and you, I don't want to say he doesn't fit, but like you, like it, it is an interesting fit. It's a because we're assuming you know Adams is going to be running very similar things to what yes. Beard ran, if not the same thing, um, for continuity's sake. And you do wonder where it does where you fit in somebody like Bryson Williams who is a gifted scorer, but isn't necessarily someone who you kind of associate with that brand of basketball, right? He's not a, he's not a really prolific shot blocker. Um, he has size and maybe that's why maybe they'll team him with somebody like a Santos Silva. Right. And like, maybe have just like maybe suffocate the paint a little bit. Um, but yeah, on paper, it was, it was a little interesting, interesting move. I'm, I'm curious. I was a little surprised that he, you know, maybe there was some, I don't know if there was any speculation that he would follow Rodney Terry to Texas or not. There was a little bit him, as well. There was some. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I thought maybe that had been my, maybe a more comfortable fit, but he, I think he, I think he might have a little bit of more aspirations of do, of contributing a little bit more and, you know, tax a little bit shallow in the front court so they could mm-hmm. really use somebody like him. Um, they've really been, I mean, when was the last time Tech had like a scorer in the post at all? Yeah, that's, that's, it's that's been a, a great question. Never really. So, yeah, so I, I, maybe that's something Adams wants to add during his tenure is a little bit more focus on that end of the of uh, as far as the front court's concerned. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about the construction of his roster because I want to say they're also still in for uh, Darian Ford, um, mm-hmm. who's a four star guard coming out of high school. Um, so I think I think he released like his top eight or something like that, and Tech was mm-hmm. on it, 
or let me see, double double check that, uh, top 10, um, yeah. and Tech was on it. And so, you know, they're, they're building something pretty interesting there with some of the transfers they're bringing in. Um, just mentioned Ford, obviously, coming out. So, um, yeah, I think Bryson Williams is a interesting fit just because we haven't seen that type of player in, in a while for that program. Yeah, he comes off of in his junior year and 19 and 20, averaging 18 a game. Last year, he averaged 15 a game. Um, to your point about him not being a shot, blocker he only averaged 0.5 blocks per game last year Mm -hmm. and that's in 31 and a half minutes per game so that's none basically it's not and to be (laughs) fair to him he played the four a lot with him they they played um a couple guys at the five around uh, around him which it was a really weirdly constructed roster um not in the terms Mm -hmm. that it didn't have talent because it did you know Sule Boom Keontae Kennedy uh Jamal Biennemi it felt like it was more guard oriented last year. It felt like he wasn't in rhythm as much last year. I mean, to drop three points per game um, and mm-hmm. to drop percentage wise from three from 35 and percent to 28% is drastic. So that's, that's the concern for me is he's going to go there. I'm, I'm hopeful that he's going to get better looks and he's going to get a little more, um, a little more, the offense is going to come a little bit easier to him, even though Texas Tech isn't known for their offense. It's you're still playing with better players, more talented players that can maybe, you know, drive and kick to him on the perimeter to where he's getting good looks. Cause he shot 84% from the free throw line. It's not like this guy sure. can't shoot. Right. Um, it was just a year where I feel like it was, the shots weren't coming as easy. The rhythm wasn't there. It was a kind of a weirdly constructed team. Sule boom kind of took a, took a lot of shots as well. So that's where you get that year where you go from junior year. He was, I think it was first team all conference in conference USA to third team all conference, which is still good, but it's not what we expected from him. Yeah. And I think it's going to be big that he's not going to be asked to be, you know, the main guy in the front court, like, you know, with Santos over there, that's kind of your physical guy that can really take a lot of the brunt and the hitting. Right. And so if you pair them together, you know, maybe you, you don't, you don't, you don't ask Williams to be as physical because he doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that stood out to me, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned kind of the weirdly constructed team because I was looking at his uh, uh, plus minus comparisons. Offensive plus minus was a plus 2.8 in tw- uh, last season, the season before this past year. And defensively, it wasn't great, but it was about 0.8. This year was negative 0.5 defensive plus minus and 1.7 offensive plus minus. So he w- he went from, like you mentioned, he went from this this all-conference player to not a bad player, but somebody who definitely – you know, definitely took a step back in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And again, it wasn't him. I think that whole roster took a step back as far as their cohesion went. It just wasn't a team that lived up to the talent, uh, talent billing that we saw. So um, I think this is a good fit for him. I think Adams might be somebody who can give him a little bit more structure. Um, And if they do ask him to just kind of be a score, you know, we'll see what, 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 what uh, tech can do with that. Yeah. I mean, also one other stat, I'm just looking at his numbers right now. He dropped from four and a half free throw attempts per game to three free throw attempts per game, which is pretty significant uh, for a Ford of his size and his caliber. I'm, I mean, look, when I was looking through the roster of Texas Tech and it's kind of just who they've added so far, um, I want to get to a more um, macro point of the experience that Texas teams are going to have in, in the coming year. Mm-hmm. But Texas Tech specifically, I feel like this is a get that Mark Adams. I don't know if Chris Beard would have done, sure. and I don't. I don't know 
that for certain. Obviously, Chris Beard loves talented players, but you kind of made the point about them not having a Ford of, of this play style in a while. And so maybe Mark Adams um, looks at what he's bringing back in the backcourt and, you know, you don't have Mac McClung. You might not have Terrence Shannon. Um, you go down the list there. And so maybe you do need to add some pop in the front court. And so mm-hmm. I'm interested to see, maybe they can even get him at the five for some ends. If they really want to go offensive, um, maybe they can bring out a defensive side in him that they, we haven't seen yet, but overall I like the get I'm just, it's, it's an interesting pairing. It's an interesting pairing that I don't know if I would have expected, especially if Chris Beard was still there. Sure. Yeah. I think uh, he doesn't really like his bigs to shoot threes and all that stuff. So, and we know Bryce Williams is somebody who's capable of shooting threes, whether you want him doing that a lot, you know, is another thing, but he's able to step out and shoot threes. Um, on a, a camera, I don't know how much he averaged um, from beyond. Let me see. I can pull that up really quick. What percentage or attempts? Uh, well, both. I have both. Uh, he averaged almost three attempts per game yeah. at 20, 28%, but he shot 36% roughly last year yeah. from three. So, that's what I was very saying. capable of shooting three very different very yeah. different years there. right exactly so yeah so maybe like you said maybe it was maybe it was Adams looking around saying like you know what let's let's see if we can add some scoring punch you know in different ways to where maybe teams can't scheme us the same way um and here's somebody who's ready to contribute and it's not a it's not a long-term thing right it's like let's try this out right for a year and let's see what happens so yeah, it's one year. Um, he's spent two years at Fresno State, then redshirted his first year at UTEP, and then played two years at UTEP. Obviously, last year doesn't count, but this will be a sixth year of college basketball. Yeah. So you're getting an experienced guy. They're getting a one-year player that's going to have to come in and play immediately. I expect him at the very least to be in the rotation. I don't oh, think sure. I don't foresee 100%. a way in which he's out of the nine ten man rotation. I just I don't. Right. He's too good. He's too good of a player. Too experienced of a player. Um, I mean, we're talking about a guy that scored twenty three and had twelve boards at Kansas last year. I mean, mm-hmm. that's hopefully what he can do um, for this team and for UTEP. It's obviously a big loss, but we knew he transferred out a while ago. So um, yeah. that whole. Um, Joe Golding situations. Oh, shout out to Joe Golding adding Earl Boykins. You sent that to me today. Yeah. They were recording. I didn't have it on a list for a podcast, but I thought I'd mention it. Um, yeah, it was. I didn't know he was at uh, he was at Arkansas with Eric Musselman. I yeah, I didn't know that either. I just <laughs> continue to learn new things about Earl Boykins. So there you go. Um, let's stay on tech for a second. They. Terrence Shannon, who we're going to talk about in the prospect previews, uh, has not decided or hasn't announced, rather, whether he's coming back or not. The Texas Tech website has him as a junior, like on their basketball site has him as junior, so that means he would be returning. But then he's also been invited to the NBA Draft Combine. He's one of those players that's going to see how, you know, his stock is at the Combine and then decide after that. Um, My question is, do you think they need Terrence Shannon back? Or how big of a difference do you think it makes, I guess, if they I think get... it makes a pretty big difference. Okay. I think when you look at that back, if the difference to me is, you know, if you return Shannon and McCuller, you know, to me, that's a great backcourt to be coming back. Like yes. that's, that's, I mean, I'm trying to think of how many teams would rival that backcourt, right? Probably Texas. Yeah. And that in the Big Twelve, that might be it off the top of my head. I guess TCU because TCU is bringing in a couple. TCU is bringing in a few. Um, um, but like it's you, you basically put yourself in the upper echelon of back backcourts in the Big Twelve. Yeah. Um, versus you know just bringing back McCuller, which again McCuller is good and I you know he'll he'll be able to do fine. But I think having that one-two punch, 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't. Um... The the weird thing for me is, yeah. so I'm looking through, I was looking through their um, additions because it's not updated on the official roster yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking through Chandler Jacobs and All-American at Dallas Baptist University. They got, mm-hmm. they signed him this offseason. Adonis Arms um, from Winthrop with one year of eligibility left, 6'6 guard. Um, Davion Warren averaged 21.2 points per game um, from at Hampton University with one year of eligibility left. Like mm-hmm. they signed some guards. <laughs> like they, that's true. That's they true. Got experience. And so that's why, that's why I, I have our next topic just being about how old teams are. Like they didn't, Mark Adams didn't go out and just go get like, oh, freshman in the portal, sophomore in the portal. He went and get like right. seniors in the damn portal. It's yeah. like, Oh, okay. So I guess he's preparing for if Shannon doesn't come back. Because if you get if you're if you know Shannon's coming back, or if you have a strong inkling that Shannon's coming back, I don't know that he would why you would do that. Right? Sure. I, th- I mean, maybe I I'm wondering if he felt maybe their guard rotation was a little bit shallow last year. Which maybe. Is, yeah. yeah. That's a you can make was. that argument. You can make that um, argument. And so so to me, I mean, I, I think he's probably think he might be covering both you know covering both sides where it's like if we get him back then we have one of the deepest guard rotations arguably in the country right mm-hmm. um if he doesn't come back okay cool like we, we got we got dudes that can step in and contribute and be able to you know not consider this a rebuilding year right you bring in a bryson williams in the front court you bring in these other guys adonis arms in uh to to kind of help on the wings a little bit more um but i i yeah, I don't know, because I think I also think like it also gets a little bit more confusing when you look at the roster to be like, OK, well, you know, do they just run three of these dudes at once? Right. Is it just yeah. is it necessarily just a back? You know, is, does it have to be a two guard back car? Right. Are you going to yeah. run? Um, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Um, do you put uh, Shibuza Agbo in the starting mm-hmm. lineup? You know, I don't think he wants to do that right away. And so, you know, maybe he wants to run a three guard lineup that's basically what people do nowadays anyway um so i don't know i I think that i think he's covering both bases to be like let's have let's add some experience depth just in case but let's also kind of bank on just having a a lot of talent in that backcourt i i i think that's a great point um the one thing you did bring up that i i actually want to hammer home just before we move on is Mm -hmm. you he's covering both bases also, because this cannot be really a rebuilding year. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think the with him already being established, an established figure in the program. I don't think right. he can step in and they miss the tournament. Like that would be a right. wild drop off, or they can't be like ninth in the Big Twelve. Like they they 100%. would that would be pretty drastic of a fall off, and I feel like that would really rub people the wrong way. So that maybe I mean so in that regard, I I agree with your point. I think it's an interesting thing that he's doing there so we can kind of see his mind working in the players that he's bringing it was a con yeah promoting him was a continuity move it was like we like what we're doing let's keep doing it kind of thing yep um last thing i want to touch on uh, before we move on to the women's basketball side is Mm -hmm. i just have written down here is texas teams are going to be really old next year (laughs) like (laughs) like i i I mentioned tech uh you got texas is adding a good amount of of grad transfers and and experienced players a&m i went and looked at them same thing as Tech, basically. Uh, North Texas, same thing. Texas State, mm-hmm. uh, you know better than I do. I just know that they're returning a hell of a lot. Um, yep. SMU, 
I mean, go down there, the weathers and and whatnot. I oh, and um, they asked you Zach Nuttall. Yeah, Zach Nuttall. It's just it's a lot of old teams next year, and I I feel like it's obviously that's kind of a trend in college basketball in general, but like it's a real real legit going yeah. going into this next year. Yeah, and I'm wondering like. I don't know if it's just a I don't, I don't know if it's just a one-off thing whatever you know people talk about the the quote-unquote wild west of transfers or whatever I don't know if it's just everybody realizing they have their you know they have this free uh, year of eligibility that they're just going to try and you know make their move now and you know shuffle around a little bit yeah. um, and college is kind of reaping the rewards of that saying like you know we could sign you know some freshmen out of high school or we can just go get this sophomore from you know from wherever yeah. and bring them in um, I think it's also Part of it, I mean, at least I can look at, let me see. Let me look at that list you kind of had. So obviously you got Texas and Tech who are just trying to make, you know, Tech. Chris Beard wants to make a good impression right away. Uh, Adams wants to kind of, morale's kind of low when you get poached by another school. So like he wants to kind of keep that momentum going as well. Um, as I think when SMU, I think Tank is kind of an approving year. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's probably kind of motivated to maybe win um, a little bit more. I think when you have Texas State, you have an experienced team that almost was on the cusp of something. And so you have everybody wanting to, you know, kind of break through and really maybe win the conference. UNT is similar, right? You mm-hmm. actually broke through and it's like, okay, well, we don't want to lose that momentum. Yeah. Buzz Williams, I think he's kind of, I don't want to say he's in a prove it year because he's on a ridiculous contract, yeah. but yeah. kind of what, what, what's kind of going on there? Yeah, so, it feels weird there. Yeah, something, the way they ended his first year was pretty promising. And then the way they did last year, just, it, it seemed to crumble. And so I think there's definitely some like, all right, get get some of the, the dead weight out and let's bring in some guys. Let's see what we can do. And again, I don't want to say he's a, he's, it's a prove it year for him because he's under, he's on, he's on a lot of money, but you know, it's probably a year away from a prove it year. Yeah. I want to go through the AM one real quickly because I, I yep. don't think they're as old as the other ones. Um, mm-hmm. They added junior college transfer Aaron Cash, so that's a third-year player now coming in. Uh, Ethan Henderson uh, from Arkansas, from Arkansas. Oh, yeah. uh, three-year player there. Um, where'd he go? Oh, Marcus Williams, mm-hmm. um, Mountain West uh, freshman of the year. Uh, Henry Coleman, uh from Duke, a second-year player, and Jordan Hall, six, seven, second-year player of St. Joe's. So they're not as old. I want to, in case for any AM listeners out there, they're not as old as Tech and North Texas and uh, some of the other teams, but they're still obviously being aggressive. And you have the players with the one-time transfer and obviously them getting their year of eligibility back. You have a lot of older players, I think, moving this year than you will in future years. I don't know. Sure, maybe maybe sure. I'm wrong on that, but because with the one-time transfer, you might have more players do it earlier in their career and then not be able to do it later. You know, you're sure. just different situations. So yeah. um, I think we'll eventually get to a spot where the transfer rule will be alleviated a little bit, but this is like, you know, it's very rare that you get a, a golden ticket. Right. Yeah. And so everybody's making their move right now. I think, again, I don't know if we'll see this much next year just cause you know, we're not going to have, uh, everybody's not going to have an automatic waiver. I think yeah. eventually everybody will get one transfer um, later on down the line, but, but I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, we're just seeing this, this kind of whirlwind of news and movement. Yeah. All right. Let's move to women's basketball real quick. Kim Mulkey at LSU decided that she wanted to take Moon Urson with her and mm-hmm. Moon Urson went with her. Well, she also went back home. She's from, I can't pronounce this. Yeah, that's true. 
Destrehan, Louisiana, after spending four years at Baylor. So Kim Mulkey right. in her press release um, was saying that she's coming home just like me. So, you know, just some mm-hmm. Louisiana girls going home. Uh, Moon Erson obviously right. averaged 12 and a half points per game, six and a half rebounds per game, and four assists almost per game. So obviously an established player that um, – What if Kim Mulkey just takes – picks up Baylor and just <laughs> drops it in, in LSU? Uh, that's what I'm kind of waiting for at this point. Because <laughs> they, they got Hannah Gusters too, uh, transferring too. So they're just picking up two contributors from this past year and just dropping them in Baton Rouge. Uh, it's, yeah, that's what I would expect. I mean, if D.D. Rich, like Richards and D.J. Carrington were, had returned, I had probably <laughs> – probably would have assumed they were going to LSU too at this point. Right. Um, but you know, it, it's a good, good pickup for her. Um, obviously a lot, a loss for Baylor. Um, but it's like you said, Kim Mulkey's just obviously making moves already at LSU. We knew this, we talked about this on the last podcast or a couple podcasts ago, just how yeah. aggressive she's been early on. Yep. 100%. All right. Uh, next we got Baylor uh, picking up Jamie Asbury from Oklahoma state five, five guard. Uh, three years at Oklahoma State, 17 points per game this past year, 42% from three. And Nikki Collin gets herself a shooter and a very capable and experienced guard. So that's a real pickup for Baylor. What do you think? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I think that, you know, the one the one quote-unquote issue with Baylor last year was probably their guard play. Um, you know, you kind of had Moon Erson and a little bit of Sarah Andrews here and there, but, you know, it was Dee, Dee Richards having to bring the ball up, even though she's probably more of a natural forward. Um, and to I'll add think, to that, uh, I'd say they're three-point yeah. shooting to a degree. Yeah, 100%. No, 100%. Because uh, I remember the national title year, it was Chloe Jackson. It was a lot of these other players. It was um, uh, uh, the year before that, that was canceled, that was called off was Tia Cooper. You know, they had these guards who were capable of shooting, handling the ball. And that was kind of the difference between them and, and winning those national titles. Carrington was good last year. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to uh, disregard her either. But um, again, it was that shooting kind of scoring aspect that they didn't really have. And again, we don't know what a Nikki Collin Baylor team is going to look like, but right now it's clear that she wants a scoring guard, um, somebody who can take over that point guard role. And I believe she averaged, I don't know how many assists she averaged. Maybe I think it was like about four or five. Yeah, I think it was four. Uh, maybe a little bit. written down. Uh, I believe looking four. at it right now. Yeah, it was about four. So yeah, it looks like four. Um, so yeah, so she wants a floor general and somebody who's capable of scoring the ball. And you add that potentially with another year of Sarah Andrews, who, you know, now doesn't have to be a creator. She can kind of be a, a just kind of a, um, a beneficiary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and then of course you have Nelissa Smith down low. I think this is going to be a nice, a nice, one-two punch with her because I'm assuming the offense is obviously going to run through Smith, but yeah. now you have somebody in the backcourt who can, you know, take over for herself a little bit. So yeah. I think it's a huge pickup. I'm really happy with it, um, especially when you lose somebody like Kamoon Erson, who, you know, we knew she was transferring early on, but, yeah. um, you know, that kind of dynamic explosive scoring, you know, needs to be replaced and I think they did a good job. Yeah. I mean, she, Asbury can really shoot the ball and that's from just a, basketball perspective seeing Alyssa Smith a lot of times last year you have to catch the ball a little farther away from the basket than I think she would like than I think um the the coaching staff would have liked it was just not as much shooting as as would be preferred when you have a player like Smith that can obviously score in different areas on the court but Mm -hmm. when she's around the basket she's basically automatic so and I forgot that they lost uh because they lost Crystal Carr too who was who transferred to Tech under Mulkey, and so she transferred to Syracuse. So that was going to – I think that was 
loosely banked on to be kind of the floor general. And so like when they lose her, okay, well, you know, you got to find it somewhere else. Yep. Yep. So we'll see how that plays out. We'll see if there's any more um, movement on the women's side from, or if Kim Mulkey just starts stealing other players from Texas. Um, but that's all we have for that. Uh, let's get to the NBA prospect previews. The last seven, I can't count. Yes. Seven, seven <laughs> players. It's when you see them listed and not right. numbered, it's just hard. Um, I really like these players because last podcast we went through the guys who are like for certain, for certain going to get drafted, like, you know, or maybe fringe second round guys. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of these guys are fringe second round guys as well. Um, I could see them going really late or just, you know, going undrafted and getting a chance in the camp or coming uh, back. Yeah. Or coming back. And we're going to run through those options, but I, I think from just a, I don't know how to word this. There's they're really interesting players. Cause they're not like these perfect Davian Mitchell type players. Like, Oh, the sure, Davian Mitchell sure. can just step right in and do this. Like, Oh, they don't have really that many questions. These guys mm-hmm. are really interesting and dynamic and it's going to be interesting to see how teams um, handle them uh, or look at them this coming year. So let's start with Terrence Shannon, who we talked about from Texas tech, uh, six, six, uh, 20, almost 21 years old, but 20 years old right now, uh, made all big 12, 13, 13 points per game, four rebounds, 1.4 assists, 1.1 steals, 45% shooting, 36% from three. Um, I look at Terrence Shannon and I'm a little, I'm pretty worried, I guess, at this point, I, I'll start with his strengths. I mean, obviously he's a really good athlete. He's got really good size at six, six. Um, He's, he's a strong defender and his shot, his form isn't bad on his, on his shot. And he's gotten better at three point shooting. I think he went from 27% to 36% this past year. Uh, He's Mm -hmm. a good cutter off the ball. He's smart. Um, There's just a little bit too many questions for me as far as he really just relies on that left hand. He, I don't, I didn't see him finish right. I not much, if at all, um, not a very super consistent jumper. And I mean, he turns the ball over. He's not a creator at all, pretty much. So um, I, I'm not, a, there's some players on this list. I'm super high on. Uh, he's not, he's not one of them. For me. Yeah. I think the problem, I think the, the trap he can get into is going to be if he goes to the combine and somebody just sees his bounce and I was like, Ooh, you know, and they're going to tell yeah, him, Oh, yeah. you know, you're going to be, you know, mid second round or whatever. And he sees that and he's like, you know what? All right, cool. It's good for me. You know, because yeah. I'm going to bring up a name for you. And this yeah. is, comes up. This is to me, it's a lesser version because I think he was better in college at this point, but I kind of see a, a bad scenario as far as potentially for his NBA career, KJ McDaniel. Okay. Do you remember KJ McDaniel? Yes. It's the yes. guy who could jump out of the gym. That was, right? How long ago was that? That was probably about five, six, yeah, seven, that, probably even seven years ago. This was like early process Sixers uh, yeah, yeah, team. That was, that, was old, that was a long time ago. Yeah. I remember but that. It's a guy who could jump out of the room, throw down. You, you see the tools and you're like, ah, he's about six, seven, right? He's a wing. You could probably turn him into a good defender and kind of a three and D. Never developed a jump shot really couldn't really defend high level really could just only dunk and kind of drive to the rim. And I don't want Terrence Shannon to get kind of put in that mold because again, I think if he gets in the league, I I think there's so much of his game that could use another, another year of work, Mm -hmm. another year at tech working on that defense, one more jump, you know, a little bit more working on the jump shot, you know, it, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel there's a talented player in there that I think is just a little too early right now. And I'm afraid because, again, if it's the combine, 
that's where a guy like him can flourish, right? That's where his numbers and his athleticism can really come into play. So that's what scares me. I think, again, I think this dude's really talented. I would love to see what this dude does as quote unquote, the guy at tech next year. Yeah. And even though he shot at 36% from three, I mean, just watching him last year, he wasn't the guy who was looking for his shot. Right. Right. I'm not saying, yeah, exactly. Like, and it's not a guy who there, there are college shooters and then there are NBA shooters, right? This is a guy, he's a good college shooter. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. We'll get to a guy in Macy Oteague in a second. Who's another good college shooter yeah. who I don't know exactly will translate in that way. So, um, but yeah, to go to your, your combine point, I mean, I could definitely see him jumping out the gym and then getting some three point drills and just going like, Oh my gosh, he shot the ball really well. And right it's not exactly translatable um, because his form's not bad. I really think, you know, as a standstill jumper with a lot of space in front of him, he can can get to that point where he's shooting mid-30s consistently. Um, Mm -hmm. I just don't trust it. And a lot of his shots in college, they weren't really guarding him because he's not this shooter that's going to just kill you in game. So they're living with him, right? Um, But, yeah, that's that's pretty much Terrence Shannon. Uh, His creation off the dribble is a real concern for me. I think another year at Tech. Um, And, hey, if maybe if they're a little more offensive next year, he can really start playing at Tech next year and really start getting a feel for the game a little bit more on the offense side of the ball. But For sure. um, Yeah, I would definitely recommend uh, coming back for him as well. All right, next up, Macy Oteague from Baylor, 6'4". This hurt me when I saw this. This is going to be the last year that someone is older than me in the draft. He's 24 years old. Oh, you you, you finally reached that point? <laughs> He's 24 years old. I was look because I, I looked through the just the ages and I saw his yeah. birthday and it said 1997. And I was like, I was like, oh, ex- excuse me? Like, <laughs> like I'm I'm 98, I'm early 98. And I was just like, I didn't think there were any these people left. Like I didn't think these man you out of college. It, it's a it's it's a different world when you get to that point. Huh? I I think I got, I think I got to that point with Anthony Davis, where I was like, oh man, he's younger than me. I was like, oh, that's not cool, man. See, like, see, it was. <laughs> see, but I've kind of accepted that they're younger than me, and now it's Macy Oteague. It's it's really kind of the opposite because it's so weird that he's older than me. Oh yeah, 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 that's yeah, that's true. Yeah, but yeah. no, it's the same effect. I understand right, what you're right. saying. It's just that like. Seeing Zion and Jaw and these guys that are like twenty years old, you're like, oh, okay, you know, right? Macy Oteague's twenty four years old, man. That's that's old. It brings it um, back to you to be like, dang, I am getting, it. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like, all right. So, um, two time All Big Twelve talent. I mean, sixteen points per game, four boards, one point seven assists, forty eight percent from the field, thirty nine and a half percent from three, eighty three percent from the free throw line, uh, three level score, comfortable off the dribble. Um, good perimeter defender. I'm not gonna say he's great, but a good perimeter defender for sure. Um, and yeah, those, those are his strengths. As far as question marks go, I, I think uh, we both have a pretty similar uh, assessment of him. He's not an explosive athlete, not an assist guy as far as creation goes. Um, his three, you you brought it up already. His three point shooting. I'm really interested to see. He, he has to he has to clean it up a little bit. He has it's to. the hitch. There's, it's there's the hitch. No, and the thing is, we know he can shoot without the hitch. That's the frustrating part. That's the part. weirdest thing about it is that, like, we've seen so him shoot it above his it's head. Literally, <laughs> like, it's literally every time he has like a pull up or like uh, he gets the ball off a screen or something, it's just single motion, right? But the second he gets a spot up shot or 
uh, what was another one? Not it wasn't a pull up. I, I think it, I forgot where it was, but there was another shot where it was kind of in motion, and he did the little like shot. He did the little hitch, and it's like, where does that come from? Like, and it's like a, it's not like a a, a Michael Gil, Michael Kid Gilchrist hitch where it's like you just got to rework that whole thing, right? Yeah. It's like it's like take it out. Where did you get that? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, where did you get? Because some guys just learn to shoot a certain way. Like again, like. Michael Kidd Gilchrist, uh, Markel Fultz, right? They have these wonky shooting motions where it's like, okay, you just learn to shoot like that. He's like, no, where did you pick that part up? Like, <laughs> there's, it looks like he loses the ball for like a half second and before he gets it. And like, I don't know, it's the weirdest thing um, because again, it's, it's only when he spots up. Yeah. Off the dribble, off the catch, other things like that, like a runner, anything like that, it's like perfect. But for some reason, a spot-up shot, he has a little twitch before he gets into a shooting motion. Um, that's the, obviously the biggest, like, glaring concern that they'll try to probably obviously work out. And once, you know, he starts making money, he'll be able to pay up shooting coach and all that stuff. But the other things I'm curious about is what position does he play? Because you mentioned, you know, he's not – I down, too. I think yeah. he can only play two. I, I think so, too. Um, which, again, I mean, in this league, it's starting to get a little undersized you know, about six, four, six, three to be a two. Um, and you gotta be able to, I think he's, he's good enough defensively to be able to get away with it, but you know, he's probably gonna have to put on a little bit more weight to be able to, you know, cause again, twos are getting bigger, right? Twos are starting to get six, six, right? Yeah. The, um, the weird thing so. is to, um, sorry to cut you off there, but yeah, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell is six, four and built like a damn tank. Right. He's <laughs> on the defense side of the ball is going against Paul George, who's six, eight. I mean, you're, you're looking at the twos in the league are continuing to get taller and taller. Like, even if you're Duncan Robinson, 6'6". Six, six. I'm just going through playoff yeah. teams on top of my head. Six, James Harden. Devin Booker's 6'6". Like, six, six. Devin Booker. Like, you just go down the list. And so it's like, not only do you, if you're 6'4", you can guard twos, yes. But, like, Donovan Mitchell is significantly bigger, stronger, um, has more experience. And he's still – obviously, this is playoff basketball, so it's a little different. But yeah, sure. um, even he at times struggles – uh, with that type of size so to, to sure. go back and even even good getting below the you know we just named some superstars but even then like tim hardaway jr right tim hardaway jr is what six seven right wow. like you know he's a two and so it's like you have to in order to play that position effectively that's when you're undersized you have to have you have to do something that you're kind of great at right and i think he potentially could be a great shooter right i yes. really do think that um so that's where his i think that mid-range area is going to be another area where I think he could be um, can exploit uh, a lot of um, uh, defenses as well. So I think I think there is something there. I think he does have the talent. I think he does have his decent athleticism. He's not the incredible yeah. athlete, right? Yeah. Um, but he's I think he's I think he's solid enough, and I think his ceiling as far as a shot goes, if he can clean up that that hitch, I think that's enough to carve out a career for him. I would not be shocked to see him second round. Um, I think he absolutely you know is in the right mindset to be going pro and to be going to be thinking that he should be uh, yes. taken. So, yeah. um, no, he's going to have to, it's going to come on the offensive side of the ball for him. He's going to have to be a three level scorer yeah. and you know, he's, he wasn't great at the rim, but he was capable at the rim, but I definitely mid range and three point line. He's already there. Um, if he can clean up his jumper and get there, I'm, I'm, I don't want to spend too much time on the, on the hitch, but it feels like something that he did maybe when he wasn't strong enough or something like that to where, you know, bring the ball here. Cause a lot of people, sure. players, I guess when they're not strong, start lower, lower, and, you know, get it up. Um, but, and maybe just developed in that, but that, that'll be a big thing. It's going to be, 
interesting to see because this isn't it's not college anymore it's not high school anymore it's not you know you can't get away with just being a really really good player with a couple of flaws i mean glaring flaws you're gonna have mm-hmm. to clean those up and get there because there's not one we, i always talk about translatable skills and i don't think he mm-hmm. has that one yet it, but if he yeah. cleans up his shot motion he can be an elite shooter so mm-hmm. we'll see all right next up also from baylor matthew mayer i never know if it's the mayor or meyer how do you say it i thought it was meyer but hey, i'll say like meyer i'll say too. meyer <laughs> i M-A-Y-E-R. So there you go. Uh, 6'9", yeah. uh, 21 years old, obviously a part of that championship team. 8.1 points per game, 3.7 rebounds per game. Um, I Gosh, I didn't write down how many minutes he played, but I went through and looked at his uh, per 40 minutes uh, compared to his teammates because I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I think he only played 16 minutes per game, something like that this year. Something, something like that. Um, and he was tied with Jared Butler for field goal attempts per 40 minutes. So, you know, mm-hmm. he is one of those volume shooters. But I'll let you go first on yeah. Matthew Meyer. Yeah, here's a – okay, so I think – I think he should come back, but only because I think he's a first-round pick next year. Ooh. I really – I think he has the – I think he has the all the tools. Because you look at what an NBA 3 and D player, right, contributes and what he is. And everything is Matthew Meyer. 6'9", can defend, can take it off the dribble a little bit, right? He's not the, he doesn't have the best handles, but he can take it off the dribble. Yes. Um, he's, not, he's not somebody you have to just, you, you, that you just can close out and don't have to worry about him, right, beating you off. He can absolutely take it to the hole. Um, lengthy, athletic, really athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, he uses all of that 6'9 frame. And, of course, he's an elite shooter. Like, yeah. I think, again, I think if... If he has a, a year of him and Adam Flagler being the guy and people see what he can do as kind of a one or two option, I really think he's a first-round pick in 2022. So that's my only thing about him coming back is I think that he his stock is nowhere near as high as it could be uh, because I think we saw in the tournament, I think we saw him really take it, uh, show some new levels and show some different levels of his game. I think he took the ball off the dribble a little bit more. I think he's a great cutter. I don't think he's a good cutter. I think he's a great cutter. Mm-hmm. Um and so, yeah, I, I, I see I see the guards and the, the wings of contending teams, what they're asked to do and kind of what their size is. And I see Matthew Meyer like 20 times. I watch different games and I see just like 20 different Matthew Meyers on the yeah. floor. Um, but, you know, his role on the championship team was exactly that, right? It was like, okay, here are these three creators who can beat everybody off the dribble. Can you hit a corner three? Can you not be a liability on defense? Oh, by the way, when they think you're a mismatch, we're going to get you in a pick and roll and you're going to take it to the rim, right? Like, I think there's the tools of somebody really, really interesting here. And I think it goes down to his frame. I think being 6'9", being able to take the ball off the dribble and shoot and defend, I think that's like a jackpot in the NBA. Do you think he play would play the three in the NBA? Oh yeah. He, okay. Well, see, that's the thing. I think he could be a three. I think he'd be a small ball four. Mm-hmm. I think he could be a, 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 a tall two. Like I really, I think he can be. Is a name like, I'm so caught up in um, like a Nick Batum type, maybe. That's interesting. Like, like I, a... I, could, I could see, I could see like a poor man's Nick Batum. Um, George Niang can, from the Jazz. Yeah, no, like somebody. Yeah, exactly. Somebody like that of like that that type of frame. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say he's even taller than Niang. I think, I think about, he actually he might be taller than Batum. I think yeah, Batum's I, like I, six eight, six. Yeah, seven, I think they're both but, like six seven, six eight. 
So I'm like, yeah, hey. but, but you get my point where it's like, yeah. okay, here's these athletic guys, these lengthy guys who aren't liabilities on offense can defend. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know. I think there's another level to his game that we haven't seen because he hasn't been asked to do that yet. He's been surrounded I, by just elite guard play. I agree. I, I definitely agree. He should come back this coming year because I, he just didn't play enough this year. He needs sure. more minutes yeah. at the, yeah. on the front line against starting players. Cause I mean, while he went against starters, there were times where he went up against backups when Vital mm-hmm. was was out. Like, um, you just need more reps there. Um, I would come back for that alone. I see like Killian Tilly, for instance, went early second, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see why he couldn't do the same thing. And it's not Killian Tilly didn't get drafted because he was young, Killy, or because he was old, or because mm-hmm. of his age. Killian Tilly got dropped because of his three-point shooting ability and, you know, his offense. And Matthew sure. Meyer could be – we don't know yet. That's the thing. It's, I'm just going to say he could be better offensively than Killian Tilly. Mm-hmm. But we don't know what Matthew Meyer is at this moment. And I don't even think NBA teams know exactly what he is at this moment. We know he shot a lot in the minutes he was on the court. But we also know that he was on the best team in the country by a wide margin, and that team probably would have – been really 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 good without him too mm-hmm. so it's like what are we looking for exactly can he create his own shot when he doesn't have as much spacing can he create his own shot against better defenders um those are questions i think i are yeses but yeah. they could be no's like um while he's a good defender he's i obviously i at the at the four is a is an interesting spot because it depends who you're going against right sure, uh, sure. but he, ha- he right. Has he'd, he'd be a very tactical he'd be a very tactical yeah. four he wouldn't yeah. be somebody who would play 20 minutes at the four yeah for sure so um i yeah i agree i wish he would come back for for a year just to so i could really evaluate him because i feel like i'm just not equipped to just say like oh he can do this immediately or he mm-hmm. can do or he can develop this in this because like you look at it he doesn't block any sure. shots so it's like all right well can mm-hmm. he do that i don't know because he's athletic he's tall so right. why can't he do that i we don't know he only played seven 18 minutes a game last year so um i love his potential and i think go ahead and personally i think i would love to just see him and adam flagler run an offense yes i think that'd potentially just be a lot of fun <laughs> so, yes yes uh, yeah so for me personally that'd be that'd be a blast exactly um, all right. Next up, we have Kendrick Davis from SMU. I'm just going to say right now, he's my favorite player on this list. Go for it. I'll, I'll I, let you cook on Kendrick I love Davis. Kendrick, I it. love watching Kendrick Davis. Yeah. And I love the feel Kendrick Davis plays with on the game. He's only 5'11". He's mm-hmm. 22 years old, two-time All-AAC, 19 points a game, seven and a half assists per game, four boards, one and a half steals. I mean, 37% three-point shooter, 84% from the line. Um offensively i don't see a huge weakness except maybe finishing around uh size like that probably be it but he gets to the free throw line he's a great passer man his vision is so good he's just sees the cuts happening he sees the the defense moving i love his um pump fakes i love his ball fakes uh he can shoot the three really well get to the mid-range as well um i would like him to quicken up his shot a little bit more um but then so offensively, I don't see a huge weakness besides his, his size and his finishing. Um, but mm-hmm. de- defensively, obviously, I think he needs to take pretty significant steps forward here. I needed uh, the intensity on defense was not really existent on SC sure, sure. To, to me yeah. for stretches. There were there were moments, 
but there were a lot of stretches where you'd see on film where he was just kind of standing there, didn't box out a lot, um, and would just kind of go and just focus on scoring. Um, And then the last thing I'll say is isolation scoring. I feel like he might've got a little bit of false hope, I guess, in that regard, because I don't see him as an isolation scorer at at the next level, at the the NBA level, that is. Um, I need to see him with a ball screen with some motion in the offense to to get going. But that's the case. I, I love Kendrick Davis as a point guard and as a uh, as a player. I would I want to see him come back just because I want to see him with a good team. Oh <laughs> um, yes, I I, I, mean, I, I, I I think his game. I don't know how much more we'll see of his game that we didn't see. You know, this year I think he's he is what he is. He's a great point guard who can move the ball, facilitate really well, and can score. Um, I I agree with the defensive uh, deficiencies. I think yeah, I'm just curious about. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I, th- I mean, I pretty much, I think he, I want to say he led the nation in assist rate at 46.4. Um, yeah, number one in the nation. Look at that. Damn. Um, but again, I, I would just like to see what he could do on a, on a better team, right? Because he was obviously mostly what, you know, uh, some you had this year. Yeah, yeah. And they've added so much talent. And I believe he said he is open. I think he told the Dallas Morning News he is open to returning. So, you know, we'll see. Um, I think just because of his size, I feel like he'll lean towards returning. Um, because when it comes to, when it comes to the NBA, they're typically not high on those type of guys, unless you really, really pop to them as far as some aspect of your game. I I think he's, again, I think he's really good. I think he's good. Even Carson Edwards was, Mm. did he, did he get drafted? Carson Edwards? I think he did. I want to say it was a, I want to say it was a late first. I want to say. Carson. Did he get drafted? I don't know. I thought he got drafted. Yeah. Oh, second, second round, second, uh. 33. Okay, so I was wrong. It wasn't late second, but it was second. But I'm sorry, continue. Right. But yeah, no, um, I that that's a good, I mean, that's a, a good uh contributing point because you know, Carson Edwards, somebody who, you know, capable facilitator, very good score in college, um, a little bit too small, right? Maybe he maybe he does eventually develop into a rotation guard, but it was somebody that clearly didn't wow a lot of teams um in the scouting process. Uh, so I think Kendrick Davis is somebody in that similar mold to where he is somebody. I think he might be. A, he probably might be a little bit better of a facilitator than Carson Edwards. Edwards is much more prolific of a scorer, but, um, but still, like I, I think, yeah, I, I, I would lean towards returning because I don't know how much will. I don't know. Actually, I'm kind of contradicting myself because I was going to say I don't know how much we'll see. So does that maybe lend himself to to leave now? You know, um, what else does he have to prove? Oh. I guess would be the argument. Well, spoiler alert, Ish wants everyone to come back just to watch. I, I do, I do. Totally. I don't want I want everybody to make <laughs> we, the magazine. I want everybody to come this, back. We want this podcast and this magazine to be great. So sorry, everyone needs to come but, back. But I'm also I'm also team go get that money. So I'm also like, look. <laughs> you contradicting yourself, if, man. If you Damn. could uh if, if Kendrick Davis can go to the 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 Texas legends and give money and and you know improve there, go to you know, go give money, man. I don't care. <laughs> Um, personally, I mean, very selfishly, yes, come back, but yes, <laughs> do what you got to uh, do. <laughs> yes, I would love to watch you play for free and just put up 100 points with that SMU team. That'd be a lot of fun. Oh. Um, another name I came up with or I found was Tremont Waters. Mm-hmm. Um, second round, fifth, uh, pick 51, 2019. Yeah. I don't remember if he won MVP at the G League last year or if it was scoring title or something like that. He put up a hell of a lot of points. Um, but you know, again, a late pick for a guy who obviously was really good for 5'11. So, sure. um, 
it'll be interesting. That's a decision I don't know. I don't I don't know what I can't put my finger on that either. Yeah, that's a that could really go either way. Yeah. All right. Next up we got Jericho Sims from Texas. Um man, it's just crazy. This Texas team had so much talent and ends up losing the first round. But shout out Abilene Christian, man. Let's go. (laughs) Oh Jericho Sims, I I he's not gonna get drafted, I don't think, but Mm -hmm. I've I like him as as an undrafted prospect. I mean, just his athleticism, 6'10", almost 23 years old. But, I mean, he basically – he did improve from junior to senior year on the – like as an overall player. The stats don't show it because I think mm-hmm. he played a little bit less and with a little bit more talent sure. around him in the front court. But um, 25 minutes per game, shot 70% from the field, 9.7 boards, one block. 52% from the free throw line is obviously a concern. Uh, mm-hmm. But – defensively i i think he can do some things pretty well as far as he's got some decent foot speed and he's an aggressive defender obviously he didn't block a ton of shots 1.1 in 25 minutes per game isn't terrific but it's not bad so um i i mean he can't really score anywhere outside of the restricted area but defensively he can do some things and he can you know he can block shots and and dunk mm-hmm. so I, I, I like. Look, you can make a carving in the NBA if you if you got bounce and if you can block a couple shots. Like, I think uh, I saw a comparison to Rashawn Holmes, which is somebody I can I can see. Yeah. Um. You don't need if if you're playing the five and you're exclusively a five, you don't need to be able to you know have a jump shot or anything like that. You know, we're not asking you. We're not asking him to be Joel Embiid. You know, we're asking mm-hmm. to play ten minutes, right? Maybe uh, be a rotation guy defend a defend a good post player every once in a while and yeah i i i I like i like jericho sims as like a interesting g league stash right where it's like he he spends a couple years there works on maybe his discipline on defense um learns a little bit more of shot blocking angles things like that because again he's another toolsy guy right we talked about kai jones and greg brown and had a lot of these toolsy players and he's kind of the one that kind of hung around the past couple years Mm um we saw a lot and i think you have a guy who can defend the pick and roll really well. Um, I think he's somebody who's not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to switch on to him. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I see somebody really, really intriguing. I, I think his offensive limit limitations are going to be a reason why he doesn't get drafted, but I think he's going to be somebody picked up really, really quickly by somebody. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't, he's somebody who I wouldn't be shocked in a couple of years. We see, contributing 10 minutes a game or so um and it's like man why isn't why didn't this guy get drafted kind of like a you know a lot again i I said it at the beginning if you can jump you can block shots you can defend the pick and roll you will have a career like yeah it is that that simple as far as nba bigs go now yeah you you don't need to have a post game anymore and not not to say that not to say that he's going to be like a a starter or anything like that but you go to literally i think i could click on any team basketball mm-hmm. reference and i'm thinking because the first thing i think of is the spurs right and they have a yaka pearls their starting center zero offensive mm-hmm. ability shoots 50 percent from the free throw line backup center is a guy named drew eubanks who mm-hmm. i don't know if anybody outside of san antonio knows i mean it's they just block shots run down the rim dunk the ball it's um like and catch lo- that's the other thing catch lobs he can yeah. catch lobs like if you can catch lobs, that that is an offensive game, right? Like yeah. setting a screen, running to the rim, boom, you can finish. Like that's an offensive game in today's in today's league. If you're a rotation big, like again, it's the days of the days of having these guys who can post up, right? Greg Monroe 
it got yeah. played out of the league, right? There's a name I'll throw out, but like Greg Monroe is a great, is a great offensive scorer, but he gets played out of the league because he can't defend. He's not really a shot blocker. He doesn't really have a jump shot. And so it's like, okay, well that yeah. type of center doesn't exist anymore. And so it's going to come down to his defense. Like, what was that? It's going to come down to his defense. It's going to come down. Oh, 100%. To- yeah. It's come down to his defense. I think he has a, like almost seven, five wingspan. Like that, that alone will get people intrigued. Yeah. Hey, if Jackson Hayes went number eight overall and Udoka Azubuki last year went in the first round, why not? I mean, didn't Bismack Biombo get like a $70 million contract? Like, come on now. Like, <laughs> I think we were having that. This is a sidetrack. We were having that argument about like, could Ben Wallace work today? And one of my friends threw that at me. He was like, Bismack Biombo got $70 million. You don't think, <laughs> you don't think Ben Wallace could work today? <laughs> oh, like, you know what? Fair. <laughs> yeah, you know, point point taken. Um, all right, let's go to our last two. Uh, the UTSA duo here, just because I like throwing them out here. Javon Jackson yeah. is going to go first. Six foot, 22 and a half years old, three-time all-conference, 20 points per game last year, um, 22 points for his career. Last year was an interesting year for anyone that followed UTSA at all. He shot less and their usage him and Keaton Wallace, his usage percentage was down about five percentage points each. Um, they tried taking a, a little more team effort. Didn't work really. You know, it's the same result for them as the, the, the Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum um, equation. So, uh, but anyway, shot 47% from field, 37% from three. Here's a fun stat. He's tied for 52nd most career points in NCAA basketball history. And of the top 60, he has the second worst field goal percentage. Ooh, One player below him is fellow Conference USA legend John Elmore. So, man, okay. Conference USA, if you need an incentive to watch Conference USA, it is that they got they had John Elmore and Javon Jackson at the same time one time. Let me just they got, tell you, they got some, they got some chuckers, man. <laughs> so Javon Jackson is very interesting because he's a guard who's probably not a point guard, who is definitely not big enough to play two. No, is not a very good facilitator. He tried. Their best team, their, they tried. Their best team came when they had uh, Danicolau, point guard. Um, and who gets most of his shots off screens? Like, I don't know. Like, that's, that's a weird one because his handling's okay, right? But he's not, again, he's not somebody who's getting to the rim, right? A lot. It's a lot of, it's a lot of pull up. It's a lot of, you know, transition buckets. It's a lot of spot up. It's a lot of off screens. Um, you have to kind of generate some stuff for him. And he's really good. Don't get me wrong. Like when you do, he's able to knock down shots. Mm-hmm. He's able to get into a rhythm. He's one, I mean, he's one of the best rhythm shooters, you know, in that I've seen in a while. Like if anytime he got on a roll, like it was like, okay, he's going to drop 30. Like you just knew. Yeah. But you know, when you get a guy like that, how much does an NBA team want to cater to that? You know, um, I think this is a guy who could really have a really good uh, career overseas and maybe come back. I think he's going to be a guy we're going to see pop up in the summer league like every year for a while. And I don't mean that as a – No, no, it's true. <laughs> All right, here, I'll, I'll, I'll stop you. He's not <laughs> playing in the NBA. Right, no, no, he's not. He's not. But overseas, I could he, – he can make money. 
He he's going to be a guy who's going to he's going to be on like he's going to get like a couple 10 day contracts in his career where you can be like, oh, Javon Jackson. And you're going to see, you know, I could see him being the guy that pops up in like three or four years, drops like 15 one game for like the magic. And you're like, wait, what's that come? Like, who's this dude? Right. And you look him up. It's like, oh, yeah, he played for UTSA, blah, blah, blah. blah. And like then he goes back to playing, you know, for Real Madrid or something and killing yeah. it over there. Right. Like yeah. a 10 time Euro basket champion. Because like, again, I just don't see Again, when you're 5'10", 5, 5'11", 5, yeah. and you can't really create, you're not going to be a two in the NBA. You're just not. No. Like, I mean, for Jimmer Fredette went over there and won, like, all the MVPs over there in China, didn't he? Like, Bro, you could be – that is nothing wrong with being, like, uh, having a career overseas, man. Um, no, I, I could see that. I mean, like, Mike James for the Nets, who wasn't supposed to play and end up, you know, coming over here and doing all this. I'm not that saying he's going to be Mike name James. Drop. Yeah. I'm not saying he's gonna be Mike James. I'm just saying no, but that's Mike a great James that's a great name drop. We're, 30 years old, played one year in the NBA, and just been making money over there. Then all of a sudden, oh, he's over here. And we need somebody. We need somebody who can kind of handle the ball, who's experienced, who's not a rookie, right? Yeah. And uh, who's the guy for the Nuggets? Um, Compazzo. He's foreign, but Compazzo, right? Yeah. 30. He's five. He's five ten. I just looked yeah. that up. He's five ten. Yeah. And he was starting for the Nuggets. And so it's like, again, we're not saying Javon Jackson is going to be in the league, but it's like he's going to be somebody who's going to be able to really establish himself overseas. He can score with anybody, right? He's going to be able to score with anybody in that league. And no matter what league, Spanish league, Italian league, whatever. Um, and he's, he's going to be somebody who's not going to go away from NBA circles in terms of like summer league, G league. You're going to see his name pop up. And again, like he, I, I love that Mike James name drop where it's like, it's not a guarantee that he's going to be contributing for a contender, but if you're a good veteran international player with a very defined skill set, some NBA teams going to be like, yeah, we could use that. Yeah. Right. Whether it's a good team or a bad team, some teams going to be able to use that. So I, that's where I think Javon Jackson's going. And unfortunately, you know, just actually he's, uh, he's six foot. He, I don't know why I thought he played smaller than six foot. He um, does play smaller than six he foot. Does play, he, I thought he was like well, five, nine, I swear. Defensively, he doesn't play at all. So it's, it's... <laughs> that's the other thing. That's the other thing. This is a guy who does not defend. So, you know, whether that's a product of UTSA really not wanting to defend either, <laughs> I don't know, but you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, let's go to Keaton Wallace, who's kind of just a taller version and worse shooting version of that. Yeah. At least plays defense. He does, does play defense, and he, can, and he can dunk, and he, he's a better athlete, too. He's an so. athlete, can dunk. He has a better NBA chance, I think, than Jackson, which is crazy because you watched them the last four years. Jackson just lit up the gym every time. That's true. And Keen Wallace was obviously the Robin to the Batman, yeah. but Keen Wallace, athletically, and he can shoot. He's a pure mm-hmm. shooter. He didn't shoot this that well this past season. He only shot 32% from three this past season, but right. uh, the past – you look at the two years prior, he sh- was in the high 30s, and – he was not taking super easy shots either. Like it's not like he had, he was like, Oh, Javon's just got all this attention. I'm just going to shoot wide open shots. No, there's just a lot of attention on both of them. So they knew, they um, knew that those two were the guys. Yeah. So I can see Keen Wallace um, being a mid 30% three point shooter really early. Um, um, I I don't, he's not going to get drafted. Uh, Hopefully maybe G league. Uh, But again, if he has to start overseas too, I can see that going really well for him and making a career over there. Um, And I think, he he has a better chance at, at the NBA specifically and the G League specifically just because I, th- I think he's a better defender. I think he can guard ones and even twos to an extent. Um, mm-hmm. Low-end twos, obviously, but um, he's, a, he's an athletic guy. Um, but, yeah, you know, kind of like Jackson, he's not this guy who's going to 
um, kill you in isolations or anything like that and just dominate. It's going to have to – he's a spot-up shooter. He's going to have to be a 3 and D guy, basically. Sure, sure. So, yeah. We'll see. But um, it's going to – I like like we both said, I mean, between those two, if they go overseas and make careers out of it, that's – I, I would just run it back. I would love sign both with the, both sign with the same team and just run it back. <laughs> just, just both sign with the same team. Wow, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Damn, just go to China and sign with the same team and try to what's think. the Shanghai Sharks or whatever. What's what's the richest team over there? I think it's the Sharks. Think, probably one of those. Yeah. Probably someone. But yeah, there. just run it, run it back, man. Those two were fun. I'm I'm still upset we never got to see them make a, a decent run with a, a damn Steve Henson. better cast. So. Yeah ridiculous all right well that's all we had um that was fun yeah it's not I, I like not talking about just the guarantee guys you know i know yeah it's like we get to talk about macy Ortiz hitch we get to talk about terrence shannon not using his right hand <laughs> future real madrid legend javon jackson <laughs> yeah there you go um all right guys that's all we have for y'all today i appreciate you listening uh leave us a five-star rating and review on apple uh check us out on spotify as well send this to your friends families um let us know what you think of the prospects that we went over uh maybe how would you rank them as far as nba prospects uh what how do you think bryson williams going to do at texas tech so let us know uh twitter is dct basketball uh ishmael's twitter is ishmael r johnson correct yes yes uh, mine is matthew bruni underscore and I believe that's, oh, check us out on texasbasketball.com as well. And the magazine will be in production very soon from yeah. Ishmael himself. So, yep. hey, we're going to get started on it. We'll see how it goes. Um, also, I guess I'll, I'll play the football for you too, since you got a football. Uh, uh, you plug it. You plug it. You're, you're, <laughs> you're in the office. What am I So, doing? yeah, we got, uh, so we just, we just uh, sent the, or actually we just got our copies of the football magazine in uh, in the office last week. So they are out. Uh, make sure to subscribe on textfootball.com. We'll try to get them out to you as soon as possible. Uh, we'll try to make sure we'll get it to you before they hit stores. But uh, I believe that specific deadline with that promise passed on Friday. But if you want to make sure you get it soonish or directly to you, subscribe at textfootball.com. They'll be coming to stores roughly July-ish. Uh, we try to say July-ish because, again, when we put them on the trucks, we don't control what happens to them. So um, they are coming out. They do exist. We have them here. They look great. I'm really excited. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's Football Magazine. So like I, like Matt, Matthew said, we're I'm in the kind of uh, preliminary planning stages of the Basketball Magazine, getting some logistics stuff worked out. Um, but, yeah, it's about to get cracking with that. So football season, basketball season, clashing together. There you go. So thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you later.